0: The Pharisees were a group of Jewish religious leaders that lived during the time of Jesus' ministry on the earth. And as we look throughout Scripture, we we hear how strongly opposed they were to Jesus. But why? Well, the Pharisees were so opposed to Jesus because of the belief system they followed. You see, the Pharisees believed that everyone had the ability to do either good or evil, And because of this, they taught that one could earn God's favor by keeping his laws and commandments. And so the Pharisees stressed that the most important thing someone could do was to keep God's written and oral law. And they also encouraged strictly observing all kinds of rituals like washing, tithing, and fasting. This belief system that the Pharisees had led them to believe that when God looked down on them, that he rejoiced, Because of their strict observance to all of these laws. And the Pharisees honestly thought that they were holier than everyone else in society. And so they imagined that when the promised Messiah came, that he would praise them for their strict observance to the law and their righteous behavior. And they also imagined that when the promised Messiah came, that he would bring God's judgment on all of the sinners in the world. But when Jesus came, he did the opposite of what the Pharisees thought he would do. You see, Jesus condemned the Pharisees for their self-righteous way of thinking, and Jesus actually sought out the sinners of the world, and he had compassion on them. And that's exactly what we see in our verses for today. We hear that tax collectors and sinners were coming to Jesus And because of this, the Pharisees complained, saying, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. I mean, the very people who the Pharisees cautiously avoided because they were considered unclean were the very people who Jesus associated with. And the reason these sinners came and approached Jesus is because they listened to the message that he proclaimed. You see, Jesus' desired to seek after sinners and had compassion on them because he wanted to share with them the message of what he came to do. He wanted sinners to know that he came to suffer the punishment that their sins deserved so that they could be assured of their forgiveness. And after teaching this group who was for Jesus of who he was and what he came to do, many of them came to faith and they trusted in Christ as their Savior, which is why they were approaching Jesus in our verse. And this was Jesus' goal. He wanted to lead sinners to repentance, meaning that Jesus' goal was to lead sinners to feel sorrow over their sins so that they would look to him alone as the source of their salvation. And the Pharisees, who were blinded by their self-righteous way of thinking, couldn't believe what they were seeing. Because not only was Jesus associating with these people who could defy, but he was committing the highest act of defilement by the same table as these sinners. In the minds of the Pharisees, Jesus was throwing all of the traditions that they held so strictly to into the wind. And the complaining of the Pharisees didn't go unnoticed by Jesus. He saw into their hearts and he knew that the Pharisees were more concerned about their strict observance to the law than they were about having a heart of compassion towards sinners who were lost in their sin. And so Jesus confronts the Pharisees in our verses for today and he defends his actions by telling them a series of parables. Which one of you, if you had 100 sheep and lost one of them, would not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that was lost until he finds it? With this parable, Jesus paints a scene where there's a fairly wealthy shepherd who has a hundred sheep in his flock and he happens to lose one. Because the shepherd had so many in his flock still, you wouldn't think that he would take the time and go and seek after this one lost sheep. But instead of writing the sheep off as an unavoidable loss, he does the unthinkable and goes on an unwearied, until he discovers this one lost sheep. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. The shepherd doesn't lash out at the foolish animal and he doesn't even compel the animal to walk on the way back home. Instead, he places the sheep on his shoulders and carries it the entire way. And once the shepherd gets Back home, he then calls together his friends and his neighbors, telling them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. Really, the shepherd's celebration is a little over the top. I mean, the fact that he only had one lost sheep didn't mean that this was really that big of a deal. But the reason for this over the top celebration is because Jesus was. High- I tell you, in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. And the shepherd who had this over-the-top celebration for finding the one lost sheep is an image for what happens in heaven when a sinner who is lost in their sin is recovered and is found by Christ. There is special divine rejoicing in heaven when this happens. And so Jesus defends his action of dining with sinners and tax collectors by showing the Pharisees that God desires to seek these people out so that he can bring them into his kingdom. not only does Jesus make the point that God desires to seek after these people who the Pharisees saw as unclean and defiling, but he even included a pointed rebuke to the Pharisees there is more joy over the one rather than the 99 righteous who do not need to repent. Now with this phrase, Jesus wasn't saying that there's actually people who don't need to repent. Rather, this was a criticism of the Pharisees who thought that they were in no need of repentance because they thought that they were already righteous. Really what Jesus was telling them is that God is not rejoicing over you and your strict observance to the law. Rather, God is actually rejoicing over the people that you despise because they are being led to repentance. As we look at this first parable that Jesus tells the Pharisees, what group would Jesus find us in? Do you think he would find us in the group of the self righteous Pharisees, or do you think he would find us in the group of sinners? when we think about it, both. I mean, like the self-righteous Pharisees, we can be tempted to see ourselves as more righteous than others. And it's not do this on purpose, but our sinful nature can lead us to do this subconsciously. Our sinful nature can lead us to compare ourselves to others. And when we see that others fall into more serious sins than we do, it can lead us to believe that God rejoices over us rather than these sinners that we see in the world. Our sinful nature can also tempt us and lead us to focus only on the good things that we do and to be blind to all of the sinful things that we do in our lives. And because it can lead us to think that we do so many good things in this world, it can lead us to think that since we do more good than bad, then surely God rejoices over us for how we live our lives. But this self-righteous way of thinking is sinful. And because our sinful natures not only tempt us and lead us to fall into the sin of self-righteousness, but because it also tempts us to fall into all other kinds of sin, we see that we of sinners. Just help no better than the sinners and tax collectors. We see that there's nothing righteous in us. We see that there's nothing that we could do to ever deserve or earn God's favor. And we can't even go a day, much less an hour, without falling into sin. And because of this, why would ever want anything to do with someone like me? We find ourselves in the group of Pharisees or sinners. We see that we're constantly in danger of straying away from Christ. And at the moment, we may not have strayed far away from Christ's flock, we may not be in the thorns and the thickets of the forest that surround the pasture. But because of our sinfulness, we see that we're always in need of repentance. But because we're always in need of repentance, Christ is always seeking after us. Christ continues to desire to bring us his word of grace and forgiveness And he wants to pick us up and keep us in his tender care. What a beautiful illustration we see in the first parable from our verses for today. We see that the kingdom of Christ is a kingdom of grace and mercy, where there is never anything but carry. Christ is the one who carries all of our sins to the cross so that he could win our forgiveness. And Christ is the one who continues to come to us through his word and sacraments, putting us on his shoulders, carrying us and strengthening us to stay in his flock. Always rest on Christ's shoulders and he never tires of carrying us. That is what our good shepherd does for us. With this first parable, we see that Jesus was trying to teach the Pharisees the importance of going to sinners so that he could lead them repentance and bring them into God's flock. And Jesus now tells the Pharisees another parable highlighting the same truth. Now, a woman who has 10 if she loses one coin, would not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she Jesus now pictures a scene where a woman loses a coin in her house. And back then, this would have been a difficult task to reap the coin. Because back then, the floors were not even. And they had all kinds of cracks and crevices in them. And not to mention that the rooms back then would have been very dark, especially where the money was kept. And because of the situation, it would have been very difficult to find the lost coin. And it's interesting that she searches so intently for it because this coin wouldn't have been a staggering blow to the woman's bank account. But nevertheless, she goes on an search for the lost coin. And when she finds it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and says, rejoice with me because I have found the lost coin. And similar to the previous parable, the main character shows really an unexpected celebration when they find the one thing that was lost. And Jesus once again explains that this unexpected joy and over-the-top celebration highlights a divine truth. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God who repents. But these parables, Jesus was trying to teach the Pharisees. That every soul is precious in God's sight. And that he desires to seek after those who are lost, so that they be led repentance and brought into. Gospel. And with these parables, Jesus not only makes the point that he desires to seek after the lost, but he also calls his followers, who have been in this world, going and seeking after the lost. He wants us to bring the gospel message to. all who can rejoice with the angels in heaven see a sinner led to repentance. Everyone here today would agree that the work of evangelism is important. But as we look at who the sinners and tax collectors are in our day and age, do we find that we have the right motivation in carrying out this work? I mean, verses for today, we see Jesus go to the people in society who were despised and seen as unclean. What would happen if the obvious sinners in our day and age happened to walk through our church doors on a given Sunday? How would we react? Would we welcome the homeless addict, inviting him to come so that we could share the gospel message with them? Or would we avoid them at all cost? Or as we see how polarized our society is today, are we willing to go and share the gospel message with those who have different views than us, no matter what they might be? Or would we rather see God's judgment come down on these people because of the things that they believe? You see, when Jesus calls us to seek the lost, doesn't just call us to share the gospel message with those who we think deserve to hear it. But Jesus calls us to go and to seek all those who are lost in their sin and to have a heart of compassion towards them and to share the gospel with them. And the only way you could ever do this is by remembering what Christ has done for us. See, Christ sought us out and carried us on his shoulders even though there was nothing that we had done to deserve his love. In fact, we were deserving of God's wrath. The only reason that Christ sought us out and carried us on his shoulders was because of his grace. And this grace which Christ has showed to us is what Christ desires for us to go to show to others the lost and to share the inexpressible joy of knowing that we have all been forgiven through the work of Christ. And as we go out and do this work, we can know that there the Holy Spirit will be working to plant faith in the hearts of those who hear this. Message. And when we see that a sinner who heard this message was led to repentance, we get the special privilege of being able to rejoice with the angels in heaven over a sinner who has come to faith. Our verses for today, we see that the Pharisees assumed that God rejoiced over them because of their self-righteous way of thinking. God the sinners of the world. Jesus shows the Pharisees through his actions that the opposite is actually true. Jesus taught the Pharisees that every soul has infinite value in God's kingdom. And that he desires to seek after the lost with the gospel, so that he can carry them into his Exactly what has been done for you. You, can, you were at once completely separate from Christ and lost in your sins. But your Savior came and found you through the waters of baptism and through his word. And through this, he carried you into his flock, putting you on his shoulders. And when this happened, the angels in heaven and God himself rejoiced over you. A sinner who was led to repentance, who was bought with the blood of Christ. Amen.